Welcome, everyone, to the SCORE Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Boone. Great to have you hanging out today as we go over all the key injuries heading into Week 9. Some real big names on that list, too, especially at running back, receiver, and at tight end. But let's get the quarterbacks out of the way first, because we only have one injured quarterback of note. That's Ryan Tannehill. He missed last week's game with the ankle issue, and even though the Titans got the win... They did it basically completely thanks to their running game. Derrick Henry had over 200 rushing yards, and the rookie quarterback, Malik Willis, he only threw it 10 times in that game. He completed six of them for just 55 yards. He also had an interception there, and he didn't even really run as much as expected. He only had five carries for 12 yards, but none of that's shocking. We talked about that before he got the start. He really hasn't looked like he's ready for the pros since he arrived in Tennessee, so he needs a little time to develop. It is clear that the Titans, they don't want to be starting him. They just don't really have a choice because Tannehill's hurt. And Tannehill, he was listed as a limited practice participant on Wednesday. It gave us a little bit of hope that he might be trending in the right direction. But according to the beat writers, it was a lot of time on the stationary bike. And then on Thursday, he was DNP, didn't practice at all. And then on Friday, he wasn't out there for the media portion, although after the fact, Mike Vrabel said that he was limited. So when you take all those things into account, not a great sign. And even if he does play, Tannehill's going to be really hard to trust because you'd have to think that he's going to be limited out there, won't be able to scramble much. And the Titans passing game weapons, they're already so thin. So whether it's Tannehill or Willis, you're not playing the Titans quarterback this week for fantasy unless you are just that desperate in a two quarterback or super flex league. And I'd really be breaking ties against the pass catchers there as well. And the only one you're really thinking about is Robert Woods. So Robert Woods, probably not in your lineup this week. It's just too hard to trust him with all the uncertainty at quarterback. And then while we're talking about the Titans, we should probably just slide into the running back section here because Derrick Henry, he was limited in practice on Wednesday with a foot issue. And at first glance, You wouldn't think that much of it. It was a guy who had 33 touches on Sunday. Of course, they're going to give him some rest. Henry said he was going to play against the Chiefs. No concern there. Then he missed practice on Thursday, and everybody got a lot more worried at that point. Made you think twice about it, but turns out the team changed the designation to a non-injury related slash rest. So Henry just gearing up here for another big workload, unless we hear something surprising about his status in the next 24 hours, which I don't think we're going to. He was out stretching with the team today. I imagine he's going to go through a full practice. I think he's going to be fine. He's going to be a top five fantasy back this week. I will say though, his backup Dontrell Hilliard, he does have some flex value. Just with the state of that offense, the lack of the pass game weapons that they have, like I mentioned earlier, Hilliard, he had nine touches for 95 yards from scrimmage last week. He also scored a touchdown a few weeks ago. So two double digit scoring PPR games in the last three outings. It is a very deep cut, but if you're in need of bi-week help at running back, if you're in a league where there's not much on the waiver wire, you could look to Hilliard as a flex option. Now there's lots of other running backs that we got to get to on the injury list here, including Jonathan Taylor didn't practice all week, including on Friday, was ruled out of Sunday's game. And this comes after he aggravated that ankle sprain in the Colts week eight game. We talked about that on Monday, that even though he played through it, sometimes ankle issues, they can get a little worse a day or two later. And for a guy like Taylor, who said a couple weeks ago that he kept himself out of a game because he didn't feel 100% due to that ankle, there was just no way that he was going to play if he wasn't practicing. And with Naheem Hines getting traded to the Bills, Deion Jackson now is in line for another start here. And he had a couple good games when Taylor and Hines were sitting out in week five and week six. 
Jackson, he posted 91 yards from scrimmage, had four receptions in week five, and then he had 121 yards from scrimmage and a score with 10 receptions in week six. And that week he finishes the overall RB1 in fantasy. So very high ceiling here, though we should mention that Sam Ellinger is under center now, and it changes things a little bit. There won't be as many passes to the running backs. Plus, he's got a matchup this week against the Patriots' run defense. That isn't great either, but Jackson, more than capable of being a low-end RB2, RB3 for fantasy in this spot. And I know the Colts, they have Zach Moss now. He came over in the deal in the Naheem Hines trade from Buffalo, but we'll see if he's even ready to contribute. He might not even be active this week. And then Philip Lindsay is the other back there, and he could be a solid complimentary option if Moss isn't up to speed, but even in that scenario, Lindsay is just a dart throw flex option there. Austin Eckler wasn't on the injury report Wednesday. Then he got downgraded to limited practice on Thursday with an abdomen issue. And whenever a new injury like that pops up, you get a little scared. But according to Ian Rapoport, just a precautionary thing. Eckler isn't in danger of missing this game at all. We'll know that for sure when he is back out there on the practice field Friday, but I'm not very worried about this one. If you are, you could go out and grab Sony Michelle, who's the immediate backup there. And Michelle probably should be rostered anyway, just in case Eckler does miss time at any point, but that likely won't be this week. DeAndre Swift got back in the lineup last week, played 55% of the snaps, only saw 10 touches, finished with just 33 yards, though he did find the end zone on one of his five receptions, so that saved his fantasy day quite a bit. And even though Dan Campbell, he had some regrets, he said after the game that maybe he played Swift too much. Swift was back out there practicing Thursday, should continue to get a little healthier moving forward, but I wouldn't say that he looked like the same player that we saw earlier in the season. The injuries are definitely factoring in, so we need him to get healthier before we really feel good about him in our fantasy lineups. Campbell said today that the plan is to get Swift in the game and then see where he's at, and that didn't really sound great, but then running backs coach Deuce Staley said that Swift is trending in the right direction and that they expect more from him this week. So all in all, makes Swift a very risky fantasy RB2, and that's just because of the injuries. It's because Jamal Williams' presence out there, Williams getting a good amount of work, getting the majority of the goal line touches, and with the Lions trading away TJ Hawkinson, they're kind of waving the white flag on the season. There might not be any real reason to risk Swift out there in a big workload, so I would expect the committee to continue And that caps Swift out as a fantasy RB2 at best this year. He's not going to reach those RB1 heights on a regular basis. And all of that is assuming that he's able to get back to 100% and stay that way the rest of the year. Uh, James Conner, he hasn't been healthy this season. He's been out a few games with that rib injury. And he had a couple limited practices last week before being DNP on Friday and not playing. So we're hoping that's not the case this week that he'll follow up these limited practices that he's had this time around on Wednesday and Thursday and get either another limited practice on Friday or potentially a full practice on Friday. That would be great to see, and that would pave the way for him to get back into the lineup. If he plays, he'll be a low-end RB2 with you know Benjamin reverting back to a flex option, especially now that Darrell Williams has been placed on IR. Not that Williams was a real threat to his touches at this point, just because Benjamin's played so well, but him going on IR makes everything clear. And then if Connor's out, Benjamin becomes an RB2 for fantasy like he's been recently. And then the rookie, Keontae Ingram, he'll have some flex potential with that touchdown upside that he's shown in the last few weeks. I'm also waiting for an update on Cordero Patterson, and I appreciate all the beat writers out there. I rely on them a ton for information from the teams and from practices, but I will say that 
I find Atlanta to be one of the hardest places to get information quickly. We tend to have to wait a while before we get updates on this stuff. So we don't really know if Patterson is trending towards playing this week. He's apparently going to be a Sunday decision. That's the only thing that we've heard, but he was at practice and he could suit up if he's healthy. He is able to come off IR this week. He told reporters the other day that he was 90%. He's been posting workout videos for a couple weeks. So you have to think that he's close. And this matchup with the Chargers, it's just outstanding. LA's given up the second most fantasy points to running backs this season. So if CPAT does get activated, he'll be right in the RB2 mix for fantasy. And then you'll have Tyler Algier as a flex option. If CPAT needs another week, then Algier top 20 fantasy option with Caleb Huntley stepping into that flex conversation for fantasy like he's been for the last couple weeks. Gus Edwards is dealing with a hamstring issue. He gets the benefit of playing on Monday. Plus, I mean, the Ravens are coming off a Thursday game, so he's just getting a ton of extra time to heal up. However, and I mentioned this on Monday's show, the Ravens have a bye in week 10. And when you're talking about a soft tissue injury, those can be aggravated pretty easily. So I'm leaning towards Edwards not playing this week after he missed practice on Thursday. He missed practice on Friday. And technically, when it's a Monday game, those are like Wednesday and Thursday practices. So still possible he could get out there on Saturday and then play on Monday. But if he's out, which I'm kind of projecting him to be at the moment, Kenyon Drake would move into the low-end RB2 mix for fantasy, and it would put Justice Hill on the radar as a risky flex. If Edwards does go, this is just going to be a messy committee. You're going to have Edwards and Drake both as RB3s. A Hill, you wouldn't be able to trust him at that point. I don't really know that I'd want to get involved too much if he is active, but I don't think he's going to be this week. Chuba Hubbard, he was back to limited practices on Wednesday and Thursday, but he sat out Friday and then he officially got ruled out this week again. And that means Deonta Foreman, his two straight 100-yard rushing games, his three-touchdown game last week, he is going to be out there and is going to be a force once again, a strong high-end RB2 play, could even flirt with RB1 fantasy stats. Uh, Hubbard, he's just going to take a back seat now, even when he does come back, and it's unfortunate for him because of the injury, but he played pretty well in that first game after the CMC trade. Foreman played well too, and then Hubbard has been out and Foreman is just running away with that job. So even when Hubbard's healthy, I still think Foreman is going to be a fantasy RB2 and Hubbard will just be a flex play who gets some passing down work there. Damian Harris, he hasn't practiced all week. They say it's due to an illness and that's coming after he's just been back for one game. He had that hamstring injury that kept him out for a while, got back in the lineup last week. Now this illness has kept him out of practice all week. So Ramondre Stevenson, he's going to be a strong RB1 play, whether Harris is out there or not. I mean, if he's been sick all week, you have to figure that he's not going to be 100%, even if he is active in that game. So Ramondre Stevenson, a fantastic fantasy play in this one. JD McKissick, he hasn't practiced all week for the Commanders. He's going to be out with a neck injury, and he'll be seeing a specialist, according to Ron Rivera, just to make sure, because when you're dealing with something like a neck issue, you do not want to mess around there. They want to take care of it properly. They want to be cautious. They're going to send him to a specialist. So that sounds like he is going to be out for a while. And this one's kind of interesting for fantasy because I had a lot of people asking me why I ranked Antonio Gibson so high this week. And this was a big factor because Gibson's already been eating into JD McKissick's passing volume for the last couple of weeks now. And Gibson, he looks like he has the most juice in that backfield. So I like him as an upside RB3 play. Brian Robinson, more of just a touchdown or bust flex option there. We can move to injured receivers too. I mean, there's a couple other running backs we could talk about, but not really guys that are going to move the needle for you. So let's jump into the receivers. Cooper Cup, Sean McVay has come out and said that he is going to play. That came out right before we started recording here. So that is good news. 
Cubs dealing with that ankle issue that he suffered in last week's game late in that one. Probably shouldn't have been out there when it happened. But anyway, we don't have to get on Sean McVay's case for that. But then Cup came out, didn't practice on Wednesday, was back though Thursday and Friday. So he's going to be out there this week. Little leery though for me of a guy like him with an ankle issue when it's somebody that relies on quick movement on his route running and timing so much. I bumped him down a couple spots in the rankings, just figuring that he's not going to be 100% in this game. But if he's active, you're playing him. No questions asked. There's no way that you have two or three better receivers than him in your lineup. Uh, His teammate, Van Jefferson, he returned last week. Limited in practice this week. He is supposed to play as well. Still has that knee issue. They're probably just playing it safe and trying to get him a little rest, not maxing him out in practice. So I'm guessing that's just maintenance for him. If he were to miss, though, it would be a bump for Tyler Higby. It would even be a bump for Ben Skoranek, who would slide back into the number three receiver spot and be uncontested at that point because last week he was kind of splitting that with Van Jefferson. But right now, it looks like Jefferson's going to be out there. It looks like Cup's going to be out there. So that helps the Rams. And the other LA team, they got a ton of injuries. I'm not sure if there's any help for them here. We know Mike Williams is on IR already. We hoped that Keenan Allen would return, that he'd be full health soon. But Allen is going in the opposite direction here. He's been sitting out of practice this week after what might have been another setback for this hamstring injury he's been dealing with. So that leaves Josh Palmer as the number one receiver for the Chargers. And Palmer hasn't really done a ton with his opportunities this year, but still moves into the low end wide receiver two range for fantasy now just because of all the injuries. And he also benefits from the fact that the Falcons are going to be without their top corner, AJ Terrell, who's been ruled out here. So that makes his matchup even that much easier. And DeAndre Carter, he's likely going to man the slot now. It moves him into wide receiver four flex territory, and then it'll be some sort of mix of Michael Bandy and Jason Moore. Neither of those guys are options for fantasy. I'm not suggesting that by any means because it's going to be Austin Eckler. It's going to be Palmer. It's going to be the tight end, Gerald Everett. They're going to handle the bulk of things, and then you'll have Carter helping out a little bit. I wouldn't get mixed up with anybody else in that offense. And to be honest, I still like the Chargers in that game. That's how bad that Falcons pass defense is. I just want to mention too, Tyler Lockett, and this isn't one where I think he's going to miss the game. He's been playing through a hamstring injury. Now he's also listed with a rib injury. So something to watch out for there. I don't think he's going to miss the game, but not ideal. All these injuries that are really piling up for the veteran. Could it cost him some time at some point down the road? Maybe. Hopefully he can get through this game healthy and hopefully he can get back closer to 100% moving forward. Alan Lazard, he's been back to limited practices this week. He missed last Sunday's game with the shoulder issue. They're calling him a game time decision this week. And the Packers, they tend to be conservative when they're bringing guys back from injuries. So no guarantees that he's going to play here, but I'm kind of hopeful that he's going to get a shot. Green Bay, they need him, but I do think that There's a possibility that they go into this game assuming that they can beat the Lions without Lazard, and maybe that factors into their decision, but I'm not sure Green Bay should really assume victory over anybody at the moment. So fingers crossed we can get Lazard back this week. He would be a high-end wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside if he returns for that game. The Jets, they've already ruled out Corey Davis. That's his second game that he's missing, and last week really helped unlock Garrett Wilson. The rookie, six catches, 115 yards against the Patriots. And I don't love the matchup against the Bills, but Buffalo's secondary, 
they're absolutely decimated. They've had all these cornerback injuries this season. They lost safety Micah Hyde. Now their other star safety, Jordan Poyer, is going to be out for this one. So Wilson's a decent wide receiver three for fantasy this week. Even with how bad Zach Wilson is playing, Garrett Wilson, he still showed that he can get it done. And it helps not having Corey Davis out there siphoning some targets away from him. Some other more minor receiver injuries that you should be watching. Josh Reynolds on the Lions. He missed practice on Thursday. Remember, he missed some practice time last week. He still ended up playing, so he might get out there. If he does, would just be a dart throw flex for you. And then Russell Gage on the Bucks. He's been ruled out, but Julio Jones is practicing again. And Julio played last week, caught that late touchdown to save his fantasy day. He'll be out there as the Bucks number three receiver for this one. Just a risky tight end or bust kind of option for fantasy, though. And then we should mention Jarvis Landry's been back at practice this week. And I'm not sure if he's going to suit up or not for the Saints, but they could use him too because Michael Thomas is going on IR now with a toe injury. He's likely not coming back this year. So Landry might end up being the Saints number two wide out the rest of the season behind Chris Alonso. And Landry could be a sneaky flex option in fantasy once he's back to 100%. And then the Ravens, they put a receiver on IR this week as well. Sophomore Rashad Bateman, he's out for the year. He's going to undergo Liz Frank surgery on his foot. So Baltimore, now they're down to Devin Duvernay and Demarcus Robinson and James Prochet and maybe Deshaun Jackson. If DJX gets promoted from the practice squad this week, he could be out there making an impact. And I'm ranking them in that order right now. Duvernay, he's produced the most this year. Robinson coming off a surprisingly big game for him. And Prochet, DJX, they're just dart throws in deeper leagues. You don't need to look at them in most, you know, 12-team leagues, even 14-team leagues. Unless it's a deep bench, you don't need to go looking at those guys. And then their projections, they're all going to be impacted based on whether or not Mark Andrews can play this week. So let's shift over to tight ends here to talk about Andrews. And for him, he's dealing with knee and shoulder and ankle issues, all three of those. He left last week's game early after the strong start, didn't practice Thursday, didn't practice Friday. It's not looking good for him. And if Andrews does get the start, it's possible. He could go without practicing and they could still get him out there. But we got to factor in the week 10 buy and all that stuff we talked about with Gus Edwards. So if Andrews does get the start, you're playing him. There's no doubt about it. If not, then the rookie Isaiah likely had 77 yards and a score last week. We talked about him on the waiver wire show. I wrote him up in the waiver wire column. This was why likely would become a top five fantasy tight end in my rankings. If Andrews was out, he would be right behind Zach Ertz and you know, right up in that range. That's the kind of role that they need him to play. And he's shown that he can do it. The upside with him is just immense. He can step into that Andrews role and deliver. And even if Andrews does play, likely could still be a flex option since the Ravens, they need playmakers in that passing game and clearly likely can give them something out there. A couple other tight ends we got to hit on quick. Darren Waller limited in practice again this week. He's trying to return from that hamstring injury that's kept him out for a couple games. I'm not sure if he's going to be able to convince the coaching staff that he's healthy enough this week or not. They're listing him as questionable, so we won't find out probably until Sunday, maybe Saturday night if we get one of the national reporters. Maybe they'll sneak something in there and we'll find out whether he's going to play, but we're going to have to monitor this one. We don't have an answer as of Friday. If Waller returns, he's a mid-range tight end one for fantasy. If not, Foster Moreau is in that tight end two streaming option range. 
you could think about playing him, but there are a lot better options that you could look to. Uh, Logan Thomas, he's been limited in practice still. He returned last week with the calf injury that kept him out, got back out there, didn't really do much in that game. So we'll be looking to see more from him. And the further that he's removed from the injury, you have to think that he'll start to work in, start to earn some more targets, but not somebody that I'm starting yet. There's upside there when he's healthy, but you just keep him on your watch list for now. I don't think anybody's going to go out and rush to pick him up outside of tight end premium leagues. And then Cam Brait. He's back at practice this week. I imagine they're going to play this one really cautious after he had that scary injury a couple weeks ago. So if he remains out, Kate Otten is a deeper bi-week replacement possibility. Once break returns, it's going to make them both pretty tough to trust for fantasy. But that is all for today's show. Go and check out my content over at The Score, the rankings, the trade value charts, starts at stash quit. All that stuff is available for free. And then I'll be back on Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. I'll be answering your questions over on The Score's main Twitter account. So hope you'll join me for that. But until then, a big thanks as always for all the ratings and reviews on all the different podcast platforms. Big thanks to everybody out there for listening. And we will see you next time. Said leave on time, my baby said leave on time. Leave on time with me.